Unfiltered. Broadcasting live from West Wichita in the KQAM studios. It's time for your weekend kickstart with Wichita's number one conservative talk radio host. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Hey, welcome into it. What's up? It's Saturday morning, ready to get you up and moving for another weekend. Can you believe it? We are halfway through, almost halfway through the month of March already. Boy, oh boy, does it fly it right on by. Welcome into it. Happy Saturday. Hopefully you're having a wonderful morning. I know it's a little drowsy, a little dreary out there, a little overcast, maybe a little bit cooler. One of these days, I promise you, we'll actually have some consistently warm weather because it's been going back and forth. Messing with the sinuses for sure for a lot of individuals, a lot of people getting the cold all over again. I've been all right. Knock on wood so far. We'll see how long that lasts. Going from 70 degrees last weekend to about 40 through most of this week. Good golly. Hey, welcome into it. It's Candace Talk. I'm Andy Hoosier. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. If you want to join into the program here on the Maximum Outdoor Equipment Hotlines, we got a lot to talk about today. Now, today's a little bit different. We have State Representative Renee Erickson coming on the program at about 30 minutes at the bottom of the hour. We'll get her update. There has been a lot of movement in the state legislature this week, especially when it comes to the uh, two bills regarding defining a man and woman in in the state of Kansas. I know it's weird. We actually have to have a bill to define what is a man and what is a woman, but we have the bill and we have the trans athlete bill. And Renee Erickson has been in the forefront of both of those bills pretty heavily, so we'll talk with her at the bottom of the hour coming up in just a little bit. So we'll get your thoughts on that one. Now, next hour and hour number two, we will be recorded. I will not be in studio live as I will be heading out shortly after hour number one here. I will be heading out to the downtown area as we are getting set for the St. Patrick's Day Parade 2023, baby. Yes, aren't you excited? We're finally here. It's finally upon us, my friends. We have been waiting years for the St. Patrick's Day celebration in Delano to kick off again, and it's been a very long time, but we are officially back at it. And the family that has taken it over, I know that the city of Delano is no longer doing the parade, and a private entity is now uh, running it. We are excited. We are pumped up. The station will be there. You will be able to see our vehicle with KQAM and KGSO and our truck of Hank FM as well. So, uh, you will be able to see all of our stations. La Raza will not be there today. They are uh, doing other things. So, unfortunately, we will not be able to see La Raza uh, in their vehicle there. But uh, you will be able to see Hank FM, KQAM, KGSO, and hopefully we will see you out at the St. Patrick's Day Delano Parade coming up at noon today. But I will be heading out there shortly after hour number one. So enjoy hour number two as it will be pre-recorded. Uh, we will replay our interview that we had with State Representative Brenda Landwehr last week fascinating conversation regarding some of the stuff that was going to go on this past week bottom of the hour a brand new interview we aired part of it yesterday on the voice of reason we're going to air the full in its entirety at the bottom of next hour but congressman tracy mann from the big first district here in the state of kansas is he talks about some updates on the farm bill he talks about uh, the budget that uh, joe biden proposed earlier in the week the freedom caucus and their counter to the Biden proposal for the budget of 2024, along with censorship on social media and a whole lot of other things. So uh, we'll play that interview coming up at 1030 today. But until then, 
It is open lines to you at 316-721-8255, and I'd love to hear from you. There's a lot of things that obviously happened this week in the legislature. Not going to obviously have a chance to get to all of them, but I am curious because there's some things that's happened not just in Kansas, but around the Mid-America region. One of them, obviously, including the vote down in the state of Oklahoma regarding recreational marijuana and it not passing. Honestly, kind of surprising on that one. That's the one I didn't mean to hit. Let's do that one. Let's try that. There we go. Big dramatic. Big dramatic. There we go. Uh, so the state of Oklahoma not passing recreational marijuana. Kind of interesting. 60 to 40 in that vote. Uh, so pretty hefty on the no for that one. They say they'll continue to try it. But what will that do for that legislation here in the state of Kansas? I don't really want to go down the marijuana discussion today. But what I do want to do is I've gotten some pushback, honestly, from a post I made earlier in the week or late last week. I can't quite remember. But uh, the bill in the state that is being discussed, and it passed through the House of Representatives with a Republican majority regarding the raising of the sale of tobacco to the age of 21. And I was going to talk about it last week. We obviously didn't get a chance to do so. But I got some pushback on that, saying that some individuals actually agree with raising the age of the sales of tobacco to the age of 21. So if you are one of those, I open up the lines to you and I ask you why. Why are we pushing up the age of the sale of tobacco to the age of 21. I know that that is the federal guideline now, and we're trying to get in sync with federal law. But for me as a conservative, maybe a little bit of a libertarian, mostly as a federalist who doesn't give a rip about federal law, except for in the duties where the government at the federal level is supposed to handle certain issues, I really don't care what their federal guidelines are. The push by some legislators in Topeka have been uh, making the argument that we're going to lose out on, I don't know, a billion dollars, $100 million, whatever it was, from the federal government. I think it was right around $100 million in order to try and fight tobacco uh, addiction or try to fight uh, certain health issues related to tobacco or whatever it was, certain PSAs or campaigns that say don't smoke. You know, the D.A.R.E. campaign, don't do drugs, don't smoke, whatever, uh, that we'd be losing out on that federal grant money unless we begin to get in sync with federal law, which, again, as the federalist that I am, the wicked, wild federalist conservative that I am, wanting more states to have more say and the responsibility on their own side as opposed to relating to federal law, I really don't care, again, if we lose that money, especially $100 million, which in the grand scheme of things is not a whole lot of money for us to run a campaign to say, don't do drugs and don't smoke. So for those that may be on the fence on this issue or that may be supporting it, hey, you know what, maybe it's a good idea to raise the age of sales of tobacco up to the age of 21 in the state of Kansas. I ask you why that's such a good thing, because right now the way I see it is that we have discombobulated our youth so badly that we do not know when adolescence ends and adulthood begins any longer. We continue to extend adolescence, keeping them sheltered, putting them in that bubble wrap, teaching them that they are children to the point where my generation, the millennials, we don't even technically, according to the stats, see ourselves as actual adults until we hit the age of 30. When we should be, I don't know if we are, but we should be at least living on our own by, you know, the mid-20s, coming out of college, getting a job, starting a family, getting into the workforce, living on our own, doing our own thing. Uh, That's not necessarily the American dream any longer, is it? So we're pushing that adolescence more and more and more. We just read a study earlier this week saying that 40% of millennials that are my age, that are maybe late 30s to late 20s, maybe early 40s, a little bit, 40% of that millennial generation still has their parents paying for at least one of their bills on a monthly basis. 
40%. That's insane. Now we could talk about it from the financial side of it, but looking at it just from the mental, psychological mindset of someone who thinks that they are an adult or pretending to be an adult, why are we extending out adolescence further and further? Not to reference back in my day, because I never got to experience it, but 100 years ago, 150 years ago, there were kids that were 16 years old dropping out of school to help out with their families to work, and that they were starting families by 18, 19 years old, which is why by the age of like 40, you are already were grandparents, because <laughs> because you started early raising the kids, working, starting a life, doing your own thing. And I know that it's a bit of a different time now. But we considered you by the age of 16, 17, 18 years old to be a full-fledged adult. You better have adult responsibilities. You're getting out of school if you are finishing school and you're off on your own. See you later. Go to your own thing. Hopefully, we've set you up enough to be able to survive on your own. Obviously, we're here to support you. But at the same time, you need to go do your own thing now. And I, I got to be honest, I kind of miss that. I kind of would like to see that come back. We need to start preparing our youth at a younger age to be prepared to be adults instead of trying to baby them and harbor them until the age of 30. I don't agree with that. Half your life's gone. A quarter of your life's gone. Why would we do that? And now we have the confusion of, well, you can start driving at the age of 18, but you can't smoke a cigarette until the age of 21. You can sign up for the military and defend the country at the age of 18, But you can't drink alcohol until the age of 21. You can register to vote at the age of 18 and have a say in our governmental system to tell us what the elected leaders should be looking at. The priorities that you have as a concerned citizen of this country at the age of 18, making you essentially an adult, but you can't get your own insurance or rent a car or do anything else until the age of 21. What are we doing? What's the deal here? I just don't quite understand it. And does it relate to the marijuana issue as we are trying to push that and push that and push that? Obviously, I've noticed something about the state of Kansas. This is not bad. I'm just kind of an observation here that the state of Kansas and the Republican mindset and many of the elected Republican leaders in the state of Kansas kind of have like a 1950s flavor of Republicanism, which is which isn't bad. It's just kind of an observation. They're trying to hold on to kind of the Eisenhower mindset of Republicanism as opposed to modern-day conservatism, which is just get the hell, get the government the hell out of my life and let me live my own thing and do whatever I want to do as long as it's not infringing upon you. The Eisenhower Republicanism mindset is a little bit more of a broader, moderate flavor of Republicanism of, well, we believe in Republican values. At the same time, we want to kind of enforce our own values to tell you kind of the boxes that you kind of need to live in. And I'm not again, I'm not saying it's bad, just kind of a weird observation. Is that true? We don't want kids smoking to the age of 21. All right, then tell your kids not to smoke till the age of 21. Why does the government need to tell you? Well, there's a lot of uh, uh, marketing from tobacco companies to influence them with vaping and with different products out there. We need to shelter them from that and make the uh, tobacco companies not try to put all their promotional advertising dollars into influencing the younger children at the age of 18, which my response would be, welcome to the real world. Why are we not preparing our kids for the real world? And I'm sorry, at the age of 18, I wanted to smoke a cigarette. I don't smoke cigarettes. I hate tobacco. I don't smoke marijuana. I hate marijuana. That stuff smells like crap. I don't do I don't like doing that stuff. At the same time, though, I don't care if anybody else does it. 
And when I was 18, even though I didn't have any intention to want to smoke or get addicted to smoking in any way, shape, or form, my 18th birthday, I was the awesome kid, man. I went to the gas station. I showed my ID. I bought myself a two-pack of Swisher Sweets. I went to my work, which at that time was in Colorado, working at a feed store where I was hauling grain and bales of hay and everything. I sat in the back of the barn of the feed store, and I smoked my first Swisher Sweet with my boss at that time, and I was the coolest kid ever because I was 18. And I was in my senior year of high school. I was about ready to graduate and go to college. And I was doing my thing, man. I forget. That was junior or senior year. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. But we were an adult. I was starting to drive. I was driving myself to work at that time to actually make a paycheck for myself. Damn right I want to get a cigarette and be able to smoke it if I choose to do so. I'm driving my vehicle. I'm educating myself. And I'm working to make some money in preparation for college. Why would we delay the adolescence and continue to prolong that and delay adulthood doesn't make any sense to me but i'd love to hear your thoughts maybe you disagree with me 316-721-8255-316-721 talk let's go to the phones here shall we line <laughs> they're lit up so maybe maybe i've angered a lot of you let's go ahead and see line number one good morning who's this uh, this is frederick frederick how are you my friend Oh, I'm hanging in there, and how are you, sir? You're going to be in the parade today, aren't you? I will be in the parade, yes. We have the second hour of the show recorded today, so as soon as hour number one's done, I am headed down there with the uh, Hank FM truck, and I will get all in line and get ready to go for the parade today. I have, I don't have, have your little girl with you. I will not have the little girl. She's actually, uh, you know, under the weather a little bit with the sniffles and coughs, so I didn't want her to, to challenge the cooler weather, so it will be just me today. Mrs. Voice of Reason and a little Voice of Reason will be staying at home this week, uh, this year, unfortunately. Well, that's sad. But, okay, getting back to your subject. Okay, I do not smoke and I do not drink. Yes. But this is what I firmly believe. When you get to the age of 18, you're a certified adult. In other words, you can go to adult prison, you can be hanged the whole nine yards. Mm. You can go to the military, et cetera, like that. So when you obtain the age of 18, Although I'm against it, you should have the right to drink if you want to. You should have the right to smoke if you want to. Because if you're going to be an adult, let them be an adult. If you're not, they're not. But... uh, uh, yes, 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 Andy. Yeah, it's it's weird, Frederick. It's weird. Why would we be able to cast a ballot for an elected official to decide the fate of the nation based on the elected officials or be able to sign up for the military and defend the nation with our lives, but we can't drink a beer or smoke a cigarette or rent a car or get insurance for ourselves? That's very strange to me. I don't understand. Like, you can make the most important decisions for the nation as 18, but you can't make decisions for yourself because, well, you're too stupid and your brain hasn't developed yet. I don't grasp that concept well um you know i firmly believe that when you turn 18 hey you're a big boy you're a big girl right now and just go for it because why are we sheltering you know i can remember andy when i was 11 years old i would take the bus downtown and go to cresses and go to all kinds of stores downtown and take the bus back home when i was when i was 11 years old yeah okay and uh Right, right now, oh my God, they won't let a kid go downtown unless they're 16 and never go downtown alone. So what we're doing in this world right now, we're, we're to the point where we're driving now down the age of maturity from, you know, anyway, Andy, 
If you're going to be at the parade, I think I might be at the parade. I hope so. But you have the most beautiful day at that parade, and you have all kinds of fun. Are you going to be throwing candy out or something like that? Oh, or I will be throwing. Smiling? No, I'll be throwing candy out. They, uh, I got someone else to drive the vehicle because I don't like to drive vehicles in the parade. So I will be walking. I will be get. I, I don't have it on right now. If uh, people are watching the Facebook feed, but I will have all my green getup and all my fun decorations and costume on. So I will be enjoying thoroughly. And I got to say, Frederick. By the way, thank you very, very much for the donation last week from the uh, Polar Plunge with the Kansas Special Olympics. Uh, it was a very chilly morning, and I enjoyed, enjoyed it thoroughly, but thank you very, very much for the donation towards that cause. You're quite welcome, sir. And I want you to have the most beautiful day, and I want you to have the most beautiful fun, and as far as your fa- uh, family being under the weather, well, I hope for the best for them. Well, I appreciate it. I th- you know, I think it's just that uh, that drastic change in weather. We saw 70 degrees on Sunday last weekend when we were riding bikes around outside, playing, having a good time, and then by, 40 it was, uh, by Monday it was 40 degrees, so I think just the drastic change gave them a little bit of the sniffles, so better to be safe than sorry with the potential uh, chance of rain or just the cooler weathers, and uh, they'll be back at it again. It's, at least we're having a parade again this year. It's been three years since the COVID pandemic, and they weren't going to continue it, so I'm so glad they're able to continue this this year. Yes, yes, so am I. Anyway, Andy, you have the most beautiful day, and enjoy yourself in that parade because, you know, we all love you. You take care. Hey, we love you to death, Frederick. I appreciate it so much, and uh, hopefully to see you out at the parade today. All right, we got some more calls on the line. We'll get to you in a second. We'll take a break here right around the corner. Your thoughts. Did I anger you raising the age of tobacco to the age of 21? A dumb idea. Your thoughts on this one when we come back. Plus, we'll get State Senator Renee Erickson right around the corner uh, when we come back as well to talk about the latest on defining genders and trans athletes and women's sports. Heck of a lot of weird stuff going on in the state legislature this year. We'll do that when we come back here on Candace Talk, right here on Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM. credit she answered me nay saying a custom like yours i can have any day and it's no day Welcome back into it. 27 minutes past the hour. Yes, it is St. Patrick's Day, as you know, one of our favorite holidays of the entire year here on this program, and we've done it for years. So we're going to be playing the Irish music here over the next week between this weekend and next week. Next weekend's technically St. Patrick's Day, so we'll be playing it next weekend as well. And get ready for it, baby. Let's have a little fun with it. 316-721-8255. Your thoughts. Should we raise the age of tobacco sales to the age of 21? Are their brains just not developed enough in order to be able to smoke a cigarette and harm their brain? If that's the case, why the hell are they voting for elected officials if they're not developed enough to understand the conscious uh, the the consequences of their conscious decision as an elected voter or uh, a, a registered voter in the state of Kansas or even nationwide for that matter? I find that kind of interesting. Let's go to the phones, shall we? Line number two. Good morning. Who's this? Octoon, baby. Hey, what's Here's happening? Sean. Mr. Sean. What's going on, brother? Hey, how dare you? How dare you question the the honorable motives of politicians in Washington? <laughs> huh? I'm sorry. <laughs> I know they always have our best interests in mind, right? Yeah. I'm really tired of these, 
these buttholes trying to tell us how to live, you know, I wouldn't uh, recommend people take up smoking, but if that's what you want to do, well, by all means, you know, when you're 18. Uh, um, but why don't we do this, Andy? Why don't we, why don't we just treat, treat these youngins like you? Well, a little younger, treat them like children until age 30. Mm. And we just raised, you know, we raised the uh, legal uh, legal age to 30, but we lower the age to vote and the age of consent down to 12 years old. That's a good idea. And you know what? If we do that, if we extend adolescents out to the age of 30, then maybe the parents can continue to get child tax write-offs for their children still living in their basement until the age of 30 as well. How about we do Because remember, once you turn 18, you're no longer considered an, a child as well from the federal government filing your taxes, so therefore you can't write them off as a tax write-off either for your family. So uh, you got that as well. Why don't we just extend that out to 30? Or 21 at least. If we're going to do everything else, you can't smoke or drink until the age of 21 because you're not an adult. Then, you know what? You can stay at home and your parents can get a child tax write-off for you. I'm really tired of their arrogance, man. (laughs) Hey, you you know what? You have a nice weekend and enjoy your time at the uh, parade. Hey, you going to be out there? I don't know. Uh, I really don't know. I'm like proud. Yeah, you need to come on out. Come on out. It's going to be a big one. It's going to be a big one. Sean, i got a hard break here, but come on out to the parade. We want to see you out there. It's out in the Delano area in downtown Delano, and we're going to have some fun. I'll be out there shortly. We'll see you out there, hopefully. When we come back, State Representative or State Senator Renee Erickson, she'll be right around the corner with us here on Wichita's Big Talker KQAM. Stay here. Wichita's number one in talk radio. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM. Darn right it is. Welcome back into Wichita's number one conservative talk radio program here. And dominant, baby. We love it. We appreciate you very, very much. Always listening in every weekend. We love you guys to death so much as we continue on trying to bring some reason, common sense, and rationale. At least we do our best. And happy St. Patrick's Day to you. The Delano St. Paddy's Day Parade just a couple hours away. I'll be out there again. Hour number two is recorded as I head out and get all set up. Yes, I will have my green on. Yes, we'll be having a grand old time. And the luck of the lucky charms, my friends. <laughs> Welcome in. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. Uh, yeah, we'll be out there, so enjoy us. Next weekend's officially St. Patrick's Day, and I know there's another celebration and more parades next weekend as well, but uh, this weekend is the big one in Delano, so come and check it out. Hopefully to see you out there. want to shift gears a little bit. We've been talking a lot about the legislation going on in Topeka. Some What a week, man. What a crazy week it's been on numerous different issues. But we had to bring this next guest back on because we love her death, for one. Number two, she's been heading up a lot of these bills and fighting for them, not just this year, but for years. And finally, we can see maybe some of these things get through. Excited to have on the program with us here, State Senator Renee Erickson. Renee, good morning. How are you today? Hey, I'm great, Andy. Happy St. Patrick's Parade Day to uh, you. Love the Irish music. Ah, uh, yes. We got to celebrate and enjoy it every year. It's our best time of year. Absolutely. What a week you've had, Renee. And I know, first off, let's go back to the beginning a little bit here because you've been pushing this not just this year, but the last few years, uh, both in the House and the Senate, regarding this women's sports bill. And it's finally coming to fruition. It passed in both chambers in a veto proof majority from Republicans. Now it's headed to the governor's desk. 
Talk about this process and how long it's taken to actually get to this point. Yeah, Andy, it's been a long fight, but I'm telling you, I'm in it until we get this passed because it's the right thing to do for Kansas girls and women. Yeah, two years, for two years now, the governor's vetoed it, and we have not had a veto-proof majority in one or both chambers. This year, we do, and um, we passed it out of the Senate on Thursday with a veto-proof majority. It's going to her desk. She has 10 days to either sign it, veto it, or if she does nothing, it goes into law. And we're going to take the governor at her word. You know, when uh, during the campaign season, she said, of course, men shouldn't play girls sports. She's tried to backtrack that every which way from Sunday, but we're going to hold her to her word to be middle of the road and uh, sign this legislation. I love it. I love it. It's uh, the crazy part is, Renee, is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, we've had two bills in the state, right? We have one that's actually the women's sports bill and then another one that actually like defines what a woman and man is, which hurts my heart just a little bit of the fact that we have to get to the point to actually define what a man and woman is in society. It is sad, Andy. It's sad that we've gotten to this point, but I, I contend that the reason we've had to do this is because good people set by and thought we would never get to this point. Mm. Here we are, and you're right. Um, we do have Senate Bill 180, which is the Women's Bill of Rights, which simply defines um, male and female as their biological sex at birth. Yeah. Now, again, I, and this is not attack on individuals who feel like they're a different way because I really just don't care. And you can feel however you want to. And that's all the power to you. There's no shame or anything about that. I don't really care. But I was listening to some of the testimony you guys had, especially on the women's sports bill and some of these national athletes that came in and testified and some of the athletes here in the state of Kansas that testified regarding saying, you know, almost 300 pound dudes that were identifying as women coming in and just dominating these sports and just intimidating and just bearing all right in front of these women. That takes things to another level. There's a difference there between I feel uncomfortable and I need to figure out kind of where I fit in society and how I feel to I'm just going to dominate this because I can't make it maybe in this sport. So I'm going to go over and just dominate it over women who are working so hard to actually kind of stand out on their own. Right. And we had Riley Gaines, who, of course, one of the, the most um, pop publicized um, stories around this is Leah Thomas, the swimmer. And yeah. Uh, coming in, ranked 460th in men's as a male swimmer, comes in, identifies as a woman, and suddenly is breaking national titles and knocking women who uh, swim and work so hard their whole life to get to that point and then to have it just taken away by a biological male. It's not fair. This isn't to say that people can't live their lives how they choose. By all means, we all have that right. But right. when you have an unfair physiological advantage and your rights start to trample on the rights of others, that's where we have to protect those and make sure that, that women have an equal and fair playing field. Yeah, amen to that. I've always been curious, and with all the testimony, maybe you heard a little bit of this. I don't know. But uh, look, there's uh, on the other side of the aisle, there's a lot of the quote-unquote feminists that are all about the women empowerment that are trying to make women stand out because they say they're still being undershadowed by men in society. And if you feel that way, that's fine, cool, whatever. How do they feel about this issue? Do they, are they supportive of trans individuals coming in and kind of dominating them? Or is that like, oh, wait a second, you know, we've worked so hard to try and come out of the shadow of men in society. Now men are pretending to be us and over-dominating us again. Where do they fit in on this structure when it comes to feminism? Yeah, that's a great question, Andy. And, you know, the first year that we debated this in 2021, we actually had a very strong national feminist group 
testify in favor of this bill because they see it for what it is. It's a fairness issue. And um, they don't want men to unfairly take uh, opportunities away from women. And so it's really been an interesting dynamic to see how it pits two what I would call liberal factions um, opposed to each other. So it really has caused a divide between the feminists and the trans community. And uh, even like Caitlyn Jenner says, this isn't fair. So when you see it for what it is, it's not anti-trans. It is simply a fairness issue. And when you look at it that way, it tends to coalesce those who understand that. Yeah, and we got to remember that Caitlyn Jenner, if I remember correctly, won records in track, right? So, I mean, this is a guy who feels like a female. Cool. All the power to you. But again, is saying, wait a second, if I try to compete against women, I would dominate on the track field at that level. That's right. I mean, look at all the records. Look at, you know, history. Look at physiology. They can't argue the fact so that they then they try to just fear monger and make it for something it's not. It's simply to protect those opportunities for girls. Yeah, I am into that. We're talking with State Senator Renee Erickson from District Number 30. Uh, so now it's sitting on the governor's desk, and uh, obviously she has three choices. She can sign it, which is unlikely. She can veto it, which would be interesting. Or she could let it stand and just let it sit there and would just become law without her signature after a certain amount of time. What do you think she's going to do? Obviously, it's a strong statement that it got to her desk with a veto-proof majority. She told us over the last couple of years that she's not a veto governor, even though she signed more vetoes than any other governor in like the last 30 years. But she said she's not a veto governor. So what do you think she's going to do? Is she going to just let it stand there and just kind of disappear and take effect without her action? Or do you think she's going to actually fight it and try to veto this thing? Well, Andy, my instinct is she will veto it. A couple of weeks ago, she said that this hateful anti-trans legislation needs to stop. However, specifically asked about when this passed with veto-proof majority, she said she'll take a look when it gets to her desk. Um, We have the votes. If everyone sticks, we have the votes to override her veto for the first time in three years. And I do want to commend uh, a Democrat rep from this area for actually voting for it, Representative Ford Carr. I applaud his courage to stand up. He's been the first Democrat who's actually stood up and done what's right by these girls. So um, I want to commend him for doing so. And I I know he's getting so much pressure. So uh, please rally around Representative uh, Carr. He did the right thing in this instance. Oh, I love it. Well done. Yeah, absolutely. We need to praise. I mean, it's not a, it shouldn't be a partisan thing here. So when Democrats stand up and do the right thing, that we need to applaud them and rally around them as well. You're absolutely right. Now the question is, I know that it did pass with a veto-proof majority. Uh, are we certain that we still have those numbers if the governor does veto it, or are there some that are kind of waffling that could potentially flip sides at the end if they have to uh, vote on a veto override vote? Well, Andy, you know how this goes. There, I'm sure, <laughs> lots of conversations, lots of calls going on. Um, you know, I do think I am cautiously optimistic that we will override a veto should the governor do it this year. If not, I'm I'm committed to this. I'm committed to the girls of Kansas to make sure they have their opportunities. And by golly, if I have to, I'll stand in the pocket and do it again next next session. There it is. You just keep on fighting with it. State Senator Renee Erickson, a couple questions before we let you go here. Uh, But this week, I know on the House side, we talked with uh, Christy Williams, 
last week with the how with the education committee, and she was talking about some of the latest when it comes to the uh, uh, the savings accounts, child savings accounts, and school choice, and the big push they're coming out of the House. Where are we at on that side with the Senate? Have you heard anything on educational bills there? And are we moving in the right direction when it comes to school choice or uh, student savings accounts or any of these issues in the state? Yeah, thank you, Andy. We are moving in the right direction. Of course, when you're trying to change an educational bureaucracy like we have with the public school system, um, it's going to be a hard fight. We are moving in the right direction. I fully expect the House to get that out this week over to the Senate where we're, we're prepped and primed and ready for that fight because our kids deserve equal opportunity for education. Um, that's not to say we're anti-public school. We're for what makes sense for each individual kid, and every kid should have the educational opportunity that matches um, what their parents think is best for them. So we're ready for the fight, and the House, I'm confident, will kick it over this week. I love it. What a wild concept, actually having choices to be able to take your kids to the best school opportunities available to them in their area. Uh, Now, there was a talk about a bill there, and I don't know if it was the same bill or not, but they were talking about consolidating a lot of educational issues into one bill regarding special education funding and even some increase in spending in certain areas. Was that the same bill from the House, or was that separate from the actual school choice bill? Right. Great question. Great question, Andy. And what they did is they took uh, Senate Bill 83, which was the tax credit scholarship program, and they basically gutted that and put in the education savings accounts, put in the special ed funding, put in teacher pay raises and some other things. So it is all in one bill. And that's how the House packaged it. And, um, you know, we do and we have been for quite a while putting policy and funding together. That is absolutely nothing new. Yeah. And so that's what happened on the House side. Okay, good. My only concern was that they threw a whole bunch of other stuff in there to be like, sure, you can have one thing, but we're going to throw a whole bunch of other garbage in there as well for you to pass it. So that way we both get our uh, good side. So I, it's, it's, uh, it's, we have a tendency to water down bills, and I was concerned that that was going to happen. <laughs> Well, you know, it has to come to the Senate, and so um, yeah. the good thing is the Senate will take a good hard look at it, and um, it can very likely change. Sure. I love it. Last question before we let you go. We were talking about the first half hour of the program. It passed in the House. I'm sure it's sitting in the Senate right now. I don't know where the bill's at, but the concept of potentially raising the age of selling tobacco to the age of 21 I'm not sure why we want to do something like that. Uh, They say that they want to try and match the federal guidelines so we don't lose any federal money. But um, I don't know that I necessarily like the concern of extending adolescents out to the age of 21 on more issues. But uh, have you heard of this bill and where's that one sitting? You know, I haven't. Um, We haven't taken it up in the Senate yet, but that'll be an interesting (laughs) discussion. Um, My thought is if you can vote and fight for your country, um, if you're old enough to do those things, maybe we should look at what we're doing when it comes to other areas as well. Man, what a concept again. The adulthood. We we don't know whether we're 18 or 21 when we're an official adult, but we just kind of, we were just saying before, we're apparently just going to extend it out to the age of 30 at some point and just say, well, you're just not going to be an adult until the age of 30. So there it is. Well, there you go. Oh, man, is what a world we live in. It's State Senator Renee Erickson, District Number 30. Renee, keep up the fight. What a good stuff you guys had for this week. It was a wild week for sure, but hopefully we can start next week with the governor maybe surprising us and letting that bill move through with the women in sports, and we'll see uh, what the next – how many more weeks we have for the legislature? we got about a month left, don't we? 
Yeah, we do. We have a couple weeks um, before we do conference committee. Then we'll have a little break, come back for veto session. I love it. Renee, it's always good to talk to you. Keep up the fight, my friend. Let's get another update from you again here soon. Thank you, Andy. Anytime. Always a pleasure. It's Renee Erickson, state senator from District Number 30 here in the Wichita area. We'll talk with her again real soon. All right, we'll take a break. we got one more segment right around the corner. Get your thoughts on some issues. If you want to call in at 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK on the Maximum Outdoor Equipment Hotlines. We have our AARP updates. And get ready for the St. Patrick's Day Delano Parade here in just a couple of hours right here on Wichita's Big Talker KQAM. Stay here. talking again with the AARP, whether it's the Fraud Watch Network Retirement Calculator, getting involved in the community. Make sure to check them out online at aarp.org slash ks for the state of Kansas. Also find them and follow them on their social media as well. Mary's back on the line with us this week. Mary, how are you today? I'm doing well, Andy. How about you? Good. Always good to talk with you. Uh, We talk a lot about the Fraud Watch Network and the latest scams that we see, obviously, for the new year and for the holidays, now with tax season. There's always something to look out for, but let's talk about, say, someone actually did get a hold of your information or maybe just your name and tries to open up accounts or use your name by stealing your identity. Probably one of the scariest things I think someone could go through right now, isn't it? It really is. And, you know, we talk a lot about how to prevent our information from being stolen. But the truth is millions of consumers are are, are finding out that their information is out there. And, um, you know, it's very disturbing to think that someone has your personal information, not only your name, but other information. But we have some tips for people who um, have had that happen to them. I am one of them myself. I had that happen to me. So there are some things you can do to make sure that your accounts are still safe, even though the criminals may have your information. Yeah. That is scary. Let's talk about if you do have that happen to you, what steps should you take and how should you proceed? Well, first of all, here's how it works. Um, The criminals can hack into the systems of banks, retailers, other companies, and then steal that sensitive data. So it may not even be something you did. You know, it's just that information is out there. Um, Also, phone calls, text messages, emails, and social media are the playground of criminals. And they're looking to get us to return a call, click a link, share sensitive data. And then in the mail, whether it's incoming or outgoing, um, what we toss out is a gold mine for criminals. Um, mailboxes, recycling bins, garbage cans, and dumpsters are fertile ground for picking up sensitive personal information. So um, beware of those. You know, don't put your trash out way ahead of time. Um, Make sure that anything in your mailbox is going out. If it has valuable things in it, don't leave it in the mailbox for very long. You know, make sure that the mailman is coming or mailwoman is coming to pick those up. Yeah. So once they've stolen their your identity or information about you, they're going to try to open an account in your name. Um, they will try to combine that with some other information. And what I found having my information stolen was fortunately the credit card companies or the banks that they were trying to open in my name, they called me and they said, hey, 
we didn't allow your you to open this account because we don't have enough information about you. Would you like to give us more? And I said, no, I that wasn't me. That wasn't me. So they would put a fraud alert on it. So, you know, you, you do have to follow up. And that's a really good thing if, if someone calls you and says someone's been trying to use your name, um, good opportunity to, for you to say no and put a fraud alert. Yeah. Um, if they do have just the right information, criminals can use your personal information to take over existing accounts, whether or not they are financial. So just be aware of that. And stolen identities are also used to get medical treatment and file for government benefits and tax returns. So those are some of the reasons why um, you should try to keep your information as personal as possible. And some very important things you can do, and we talk about this a lot, create unique passwords, strong passwords, use past phrases, not just a birth date or, or some number, um, set up online access to your financial accounts. Um, those are protected by passwords and things like that, that that can protect them. Also, and most importantly, the two-factor authentication where when you sign into something with your password, they send you a code and you have to put that code in. So two ways, the password and then the code, and that helps protect your account. And you can also, and you should also, request free credit reports from all three credit bureaus. And just one tip that I learned when I was going through this and people were trying to open accounts in my name, um, my husband went and shut down everything but it was in his name. So we had to go in then and shut down things in my name. So if if you have a spouse or a partner and things are in both your names, be sure to make sure that both names um, have the information shut down in the with a credit union. So lots of lots of things to do to take care of your personal information. Best thing to do is don't let it out in the first place, but if it does get out, there are steps you can take to make sure that criminals can't get to your money and, and charge things on your cards without your knowledge or, you know, you can take care of it later. So those are some tips. I hope people um, will be aware of these things. And if they do have a problem, they can reach out to the AARP Fraud Watch Network. We have a toll-free number they can call. And um, that number is 877-908-3360. Oh. I That's a it. good way to report scams and, and get information. Yeah, some great information there for sure on ways to protect yourself. Do you also recommend, you mentioned, you know, putting your uh, your trash out and wait, waiting to the last minute and not having it sitting out overnight sort of thing. Do you also recommend individuals getting like a shredder to shred at documents that may have their information or their signature on it so someone can't steal that or maybe burn those pieces of paper or something to where that's not sitting out and vulnerable for someone to snag? That's exactly right, Andy. Cross-cut shredders are the best thing. Um, any credit card offers that come to you, to your house, that's going to have some information about you on it. Be sure and put those in the shredder, not just directly into the trash can. Good good, good advice. Yeah, I love it. Uh, we got just a little bit of time left here, but talk about what else is going on with the AARP. I know we're getting ready for tax season as well. You guys are starting up your movies for grownups coming up soon again as well. What's going on with you guys? That's right. We've got tax aid volunteers out now helping people with taxes all across the state. Um, we'll have hopefully another Movies for Grownups coming up in Wichita in May. Um, we still have our online concerts the second and fourth 
Fridays of every month. We have a Fraud Watch Friday that I encourage you all to listen into on the third Friday of the month, and that's on YouTube and Facebook. So lots of information, lots of fun things to do, and and, um, and resources to connect with. Always great information. Check them out, aarp.org slash ks for the state of Kansas. Also find them and follow them on their social media as well. Mary, we appreciate it very much. Have a wonderful week. Let's do it again next week. Thank you, Andy. All right, there it is. Hour number one all wrapped up. We're out of here, my friends. We're going to go see the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Delano. Hope to see you out there. Hang out here as well. Listen to hour number two. Great content. Congressman Tracy Mann from the Big First District coming up at the bottom of next hour. Until then... Have a great weekend. We'll see you out at the parade. This is Candace Tucker right here on Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM.